0: welcome 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 to a new individual podcast Uh, i thought i'd give the last week tonight entrance didn't love it i'm pretty sure you guys hate it too although this is an individual podcast i do have a guest pod from wham bam thank you fam mike bendel talking about game of thrones potentially the last week we can ever talk about game of thrones um Got a lot of information I want to sneak into this podcast. First, I'll go through the agenda. We'll do a scores and standings update from last week. I know it's Wednesday now, um, but I did want to just update. There was some movement, some good uh, comebacks last week that we should go through and some changing in the standings. I have a funny story, and then I want to go through some stats about... Chris Sale's 17 strikeout game, Um, I compared it to the 20K games that are out there in history. I want to go over Roy Halladay, something that's been sticking in my craw, as most of you probably know, and then just a what is worse question, then we get to Mike's segment, and then one quick housekeeping thing. So let's get right into the scores and standings update. Oh, a little caveat here, Harrison is around. He's watching me podcast right now. If he yells, if you hear noise, just know that he's laughing at every joke I say. He's working on his timing, as am I. All right, let's get into it. Scores and standings. Last week, I went down to Adam. He changed his team name on me. What is this? Diaz differentiates mismas lesiones. I don't understand that. I'm on level five of Duolingo, learning Spanish, and I have no idea what he's trying to tell us. He beat me, 7-5-3. It was back and forth, but he pretty much owned me this week. Tied in ERA, three even. That sucks. Utley Ducklings, whoa. 10-3-2 over Honey Nut Berrios. This was a big win. Jared flew up in the standings, dominated Tom. Um, some of these st- Some of these categories are close, but big win for Jared. Um, trade seems to be working out. Speaking of the trade, Stormy Daniel, nine six zero over Wham Bam Thank You Fam, first place. Again, Dan moves up in the standings, too. Uh, Mike talks about it on his segment. Um, but, it looks like that trade from the two players that were on the bottom, 9 and 10, is really working out for both of them, at least in one week here. O's oh, road to 100. Patrick continues to... Make it known that he is not going to lay down this season. 11-3-1 to To our main man, Paul, who continues to change his team name. Last two weeks, he's just adding players that have 3 him. Um, Lastly, our favorite player, Vegetarian Cheesesteaks, takes down Keith. Um, Loot may not be a fluke. A flute. That doesn't even work. I I take it back, Lute. It's a good first almost two months of the season here, and you are now pulling away from the competition. Let's look at the standings. Now, these are updated. I know we're in the middle of a week here, and there's some other shit we're trying to worry about, but standings right now. Loot up by five games over Mike. Uh, Patrick in third, nine games back. Stormy Daniel, 15 back. So there is a little bit of separation between the first three. Um, but big moves by Dan to get up into fourth place Adam, tied in fifth with Paul and Jared Big moves for Jared Paul's going the opposite way in the standings Me, .5 games back, seventh, pl- eighth place um, Well, I'm tied, actually Me and always room for Gallo, Keith Lambert We're playing this week, so that's a pretty good matchup uh, We're both tied <laughs> in last place oh not last place i forgot tom you're in last place 17 and a half games back bad week for you i expect you to climb back in your pitching's too good all right so that's a scores and standings update i just want to go through the team names we've had some updates here always room for gallo is really really funny keith great work thankfully you've gotten rid of northern nightmare it was ridiculous to have that for three years loot's the same wham bam thank you fam should not be changed even if you drop fam Tom continues to kill it with Honey Nut Berrios. Utley Ducklings, not sure if we'll ever get something more than that. Threeford by Lute and Patrick. Paul, might not have room if this happens again. O's Road to 100, blah. Talked about Adams, can't pronounce it again. And Stormy Daniel continues to use that name. So always room for Gallo, big change. I think I forget what Adams' team name was last week, but it was actually pretty good. Oh, I changed my name. Are you going to the mall later? See if anyone can pick up on the movie line I'm trying to go for. Drop Batances, piece of shit. Okay, next segment. Let me pull up my notes here. Funny story. I'll probably end this just so I can check on my son after this segment. Uh, I have a funny story. If I have to suffer through Braves broadcasts every night, you listeners will have to suffer some stories of what I've been forced to see. Never thought I'd mention this name on the podcast, but Dan Winkler, little known, hopefully not on the team that much longer, reliever, a 7th, 8th inning guy. It's a 2-0 game in Atlanta against the Cardinals. He's brought in in the 8th inning. I think this was a Soroka start. So he comes in, promptly walks Chris Carpenter. I'm sorry. What the hell's his name? Carpenter. I just have Carpenter written and I know it's not Chris. Matt. There we go. On four pitches, Winkler walks him. Four-pitch walk. Goes 3-0 and on the next batter, Goldschmidt. Then he calls time and complains about the hole in the mound. Now, it's a home game, so it's in Atlanta. Now, it did look like a big hole, but everyone else seemed to be doing fine in a 2 nothing game. Anyway, 10 minutes of grounds crew reforming the mound. This was actually pretty awesome to watch. Um, there were about 10 or 11. You hear that Moana in the background? There's a Moana microphone that he continues to press. Um, there was a hole in the mound. 10 or 11 people out there with different tools to go after this mound. I was unaware that this many people would be needed. I was kind of like, okay, this, does not, this looks like state level workers, eight guys to change a light bulb. I was wrong. The camera kept rolling on this crew, and they did such a good job. It was 10 minutes, legitimately all of 10 minutes, um, to watch them reform this mound. And they did it really well. They needed every worker there. Then, this, he got a few warm-up pitches. Next pitch, ball four. Snitker comes out, takes him out. All that time, throw one pitch and walk him, and then Snitker takes him out. It was hilarious. They were Cardinal fans in Atlanta that gave him a standing ovation on the way out. It was, if the Mets weren't as bad, the Braves might have replaced the Mets in this moment. Um, But it was certainly a Mets story. Next segment, I have, just to update the group, I have taken the Moana microphone away from my son. So unless you hear it again, that will be me pressing it. On May 14th of last week, Chris Sale threw 17 strikeouts in seven innings pitched, threw 108 pitches, no one runs, zero walks. He ended up getting a no decision, which is sad, but I'm going to read a stat to you. First pitcher in history to strike out that many batters in seven innings pitched or less. The reason I tell you that stat is because I think it's a shitty stat. Roger Clemens had 17 strikeouts in seven innings during one of his 220 strikeout games, so that sales stat is simply making him the first pitcher ever to have that many strikeouts in a game where he only pitched seven innings or less. Have you digested that? This is just a weird stat to confuse all of us and take away from Clemens, in my opinion, Um, because he's not the first pitcher to ever do that. I mean, if Clemens already had 17 Ks in seven innings second pitcher just a weird change to a stat to make him the first to do something that really isn't the same all right so in this segment i wanted to look at the 420 strikeout games in history that pitchers have thrown and see how many pitches they had actually thrown in said games so these are in order of most recent to not most recent i have four of them may 11th keith's birthday 2016 Max Scherzer threw 20 strikeouts against the Detroit Tigers. In this game, he went complete game. Nine innings, six hits, two earned runs. He won the game 4-2 to two and threw 119 pitches. Which is kind of crazy. Sale threw 108 pitches and walked nobody. Hmm. But still only went seven. May sixth, nineteen 1998. Kerry Wood threw 20 strikeouts against the Houston Astros. This was the National League Houston Astros. Nine innings pitched, no walks, one hit, no earned runs. He won two to nothing, and he threw 122 pitches. Again, no walks, but he did two extra innings compared to Sale. Um, Third one, September 18th, 1996, Roger Clemens. He had 20 strikeouts against the Tigers. This is when Clemens was on the Red Sox. Nine innings pitched, no walks, five hits, no earn runs. He won four to nothing, and he threw 151 pitches. I'd like to assume Sale would have fell in like the 130 range, maybe the high 120s if he was able to go nine, uh, which would have been pretty consistent with these numbers so far. Um, Ridiculous that he threw 151 pitches here with no walks in Clemens' nine-inning 20K game in 96. Now, lastly, fourth one, April 29th, 1986, Roger Clemens, I think this is his third year in the league. He ended up winning MVP this season. So he's on the Red Sox again. Uh, it was the, the last stat I gave on Roger Clemens was his last season with the Red Sox. Um, this was his third season. He had 20 Ks against the Mariners. He had nine innings pitched, no walks, three hits, one earned run. He won three to one. Now, there's no pitch count. Wikipedia tells me that there is no data on pitch counts prior to 1988. So we'll never know. Did he eclipse the 150 in the 80s? Were they able to go more? We don't know, except from 88 to 90. That's it. I just thought that would be pretty fun to go through the 20K games and see where their pitch counts were. Uh, Hopefully, everyone, including Harrison, enjoyed that. This next segment about Roy Halladay, was sparked by me seeing that it was his birthday on the day Chris sailed through 17Ks, May 14th, and that's brought back all these memories of him being a first ballot Hall of Fame this year, and I decided I want to make it a segment. It's actually pretty uh, lengthy, so I apologize, but it's good info, I hope. Um, Of the 329 Hall of Famers ever voted into the Hall of Fame, Roy Halladay, actually, let me say this, Harry Leroy Halladay, that just needed to be documented on this podcast. You can't unhear that that's his real name. He is the only, oh, I'm sorry, he's only the 54th player out of 329 voted in on the first ballot. Now, the purpose of this segment is to present an argument that he should not have been a first ballot Hall of Fame and that his death, as sad as it was, expedited his Hall of Fame status. I'm not arguing that he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer, but I wanted to compare his statistics to other first ballot Hall of Fame starting pitchers of recent note. I can only compare stats through baseball reference um, on six players at a time, so I just scrolled down from 2019 and added the starting pitchers that showed up in the first ballot numbers. So, some quick facts. Do I have that up still? No, I do not. And... Let me just get right into it. First off, I'm not just trying to be a dick here. I like, and liked, I guess it's liked, Roy Halladay. Tremendous presence on the mound and was lethal. Though not as lethal as I would have expected after diving into these stats and having him been voted as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, The human element of the voting process for the Hall of Fame has seemed to make itself more pronounced over the years, allowing some questionable players into the Hall through special commissions and increasing the voting percentages for players that were once dead to the game. Clemens and Bonds. So the players that I'm gonna compare here, I'll go through them. Uh, I'm just gonna look at standard stats only. Just my you know, I just wanna look at that. That's what comes up. There is more, but I'm not even as educated on that. I need our saber maestro Dan Stormy Daniel Testa to take us through some of these things so we can all understand them. But anyway, the players that I wanna to compare to Roy Halliday. Well, let's start with Halliday. He received eighty-five point four one percent of the vote, getting him in first ballot. He's a two-time Cy Young winner, an eight-time All-Star winner. Or how do you say it's not a winner? You're an eight-time All-Star. There we go. Next, Greg Maddox. He received ninety-seven point two percent of the first ballot vote. He's a four time Cy Young winner, eight-time All-Star, and eighteen time gold glove winner. No one else on this list had won one gold glove, so that's pretty interesting. Tom Glavin, 91.94% of the vote, two-time Cy Young winner, 10-time All-Star, and he was a World Series MVP. Randy, Randy Johnson, 97.27% of the vote. He's a five-time Cy Young winner, 10-time All-Star, same as Glavin, and also a World Series MVP. Pedro Martinez, 91.07% of the vote, three-time Cy Young, eight-time All-Star. And lastly the next starting pitcher that was brought in on the first ballot i think it was like 98 nolan ryan 98.79% of the vote the highest percentage here of the ones i'm going through for starting pitchers uh he and he didn't have a cy young that was ridiculous seven time no hitter or seven no hitters thrown in his career but never got the cy young um but he is an eight time all-star all right so let's dive into the stats here real quick i know i've been talking a little bit And let's see. I'm just going to go through. So who had the most wins? Greg Maddox had the most wins, 355. Who had the least wins? Roy Halladay, 203. The next closest to Roy was Pedro with only 219, which was very surprising to me. And most losses. Let's just go across here. Nolan Ryan, but he did pitch the longest. It's ridiculous, actually. Um... 19 came in the league at 19 out at 46. Uh, so 292 losses. Um, the best winning percentage here goes to Pedro at 687. Second best is Roy Halliday, actually 659. Um, now the ERAs, best ERA goes to Pedro, 2.93. I was actually kind of confused that Pedro is the first ballot. You would think immediately is, but his numbers here are pretty. He wins in some categories. But a lot of the other categories, he's kind of just not showing through in a lot of them, um, as the other pitchers do. Other first balloters: um, Roy Halladay has a 3.38 ERA, the second highest of these of this group. Tom Glavin, has a 3.54, and then the only one, as I said, was under three was Pedro at 2.93. Um, most games pitched goes to Nolan Ryan. Um, Let's just say game started 773. The next closest was Greg Maddox at 740 740. Um least amount goes to Halliday, 390. Again, I'm the part of the argument here is he didn't have as long as a career. And in within that career, I don't believe he had the stats to back up why he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Complete games is actually pretty interesting. This would be non existent with the current crew going to get voted in in like 10 years. Complete games for Nolan Ryan, 222. Some quick math here. You almost don't beat that number by adding up the other five. Um, Maddox had 109. He's number two. Randy Johnson, 100. He's number three. Pedro had 46. He rings up the rear. And Roy Halladay's in the middle with 67. Innings pitched. Again, Pedro and Roy Halladay are pretty close here, about twenty eight hundred each. Nolan Ryan fifty three hundred eighty-six, and then Greg Maddox at five thousand eight. He's number two. Let's go right to Earn ERA here. Can I find that? ERA. I went over that already, I'm sorry. Most earned runs given up. Again, this is probably longevity, where Nolan Ryan continues to give up the most nineteen hundred uh, Glavin and Maddox around 1,700, and then Randy Johnson at 1,500. Roy Halliday only gives up 1,000, but part of this, again, is just that his sample size is so small to get him in on that first ballot. Nolan Ryan, strikeouts. I think he's like the all time leader, uh, 5,714. And then we look down and we see the least amount goes to Roy Halliday, 2,117. And then the closest one to him is Tom Glavin at 2,600. And then the rest are all over 3,000, with Randy Johnson being at 4,800. So he's still 900 behind Nolan Ryan, but a pretty big discrepancy here between Nolan Ryan, I won't even say him, let's just say Randy, and Halladay. Strikeouts per nine innings, Pedro is second to Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson has 10.6, Pedro at 10 even. Glavin's the lowest at 5.3. Halliday in the middle of the pack at 6.9. And I'm just looking at some of these stats. I could keep going. I'm going to stop here. But I feel like I just wanted to give the group some information on these pitchers so that they can make their own decisions. Um, I don't even know why this bothers me so much. I just don't love that Roy Halliday, it's kind of annoying to me that he'll be known as a first ballot Hall of Famer when I don't believe, as the numbers I've just gone over, support a first ballot Hall of Famer when compared to the last five starting pitchers that have made that um, vote on the first ballot.
1: Mike, you. how you doing? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing
0: well. I'm excited. We have a new voice on the podcast and not just mine. Yeah, we need to
1: we need to liven it up a little bit.
0: <laughs> All right. I didn't need that, but I should have... No, you're doing great. I should have taken your advice last night. I, we ended up watching the whole movie of Jurassic World, and my God, the, word, the writing is worse than that than Game of Thrones Season 8.
1: Well, I mean, you've done it now, so nobody else has to.
0: What's the op- opposite of recommendation? That's what I have for the group. Don't do it. Don't watch Jurassic World.
1: It's a friendship ending recommendation.
0: <laughs> yes, it's terrible. It was really bad. At the end, we were like, what did we – That was two hours. Okay. So, we're going to get into this. We have an interesting segment here towards the end. Um, but I wanted to ask you a few questions first. How do you like your team so far, Mike?
1: Uh, well, before I get to my team, just wanted to let everybody know the Marlins just swept the Mets. Uh, so, that happened. Uh they beat Syndergaard and DeGrom. Yeah, we know. Our, well, everybody – we got it. It hurts me, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, but Alonzo For my team, I love Pete Alonzo I love uh, Paddock But let me talk about my keepers uh, Start with Giancarlo Stanton uh, Started the season with an injury Then turned it into a shoulder injury uh, He started facing a pitching this week And then he was hitting the knee So uh, It's going great He's going to be playing with high A Tampa on Monday So looking forward to that game He got hit in batting practice. That's right. (laughs) Uh, And he possible return of the last week of May, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Mm, That's soon. Yeah. Uh, Also, Chris Sale, who we've all been keeping an eye on this year, uh, getting better lately, had a rough start to go uh, the beginning of the year. His last three, six innings, uh, three earned runs, 10 strikeouts against the White Sox. Uh, eight innings, 3 and in-runs, 14 Ks against Baltimore. And then this past week, uh, his best start of the year. Seven innings, two in-runs, 17 strikeouts, 24 swinging strikes against Colorado. Uh, couldn't really tell if he knew where he was throwing the ball, but he still wasn't getting any walks. So I guess he's doing better. I can't believe he had 14 Ks and then 17 back-to-back. Yeah. he. Uh, it's It's unreal, but nobody knows where he's throwing it, the hitter's. Or the catcher, so. Just like Bull Durham. Hey, it works. (laughs) Red Sox are finally remembering how to play baseball this year, so. Yeah. uh, And obviously, come on, Javi Baez, my dude. He's good, I promise. He is a good player. (laughs) I know everybody, nobody wants to believe he's good, but how many years is he going to do this in a row? Uh, 324 right now, 34 runs, 11 home runs, 30 RBIs. Damn. uh a lot of strikeouts but everybody strikes out a lot this year so- let mm-hmm. me look the other way on the case yeah it's it's everybody just leans right into it anymore so uh, that's it for my team well what about surprises from the fantasy season so far so, so right now uh as we record this dan is beating me but he is still down there with jared uh i have a lot of pitchers going today so i'm confident i'm going to turn that around this week uh, somehow trading with each other as the last two teams is working. Yeah. Uh, so that's not a good sign for the rest of the league. Yeah, Jared has been awoken. Uh, loot will not go away. Uh, and I hate watching Cody Bellinger do this. As do you- somebody who uh, did not draft him this year, intentionally. <laughs> do you? Uh-
0: I believe Cody Bellinger has been haunting your sleepless nights lately.
1: Yeah, he he has what does he have thirty-three home runs right now, I think. <laughs> um it's just great. You just love to see it. So you specifically
0: chose not to draft Yeah,
1: I had him. I had a chance to draft him. Uh I believe maybe my first pick. And I ended up going with Rizzo. So that it's working out, but God damn it, Bellinger is great this year. Yeah, he's MVP race already. And then yeah. Luke gets him, and now he's all cocky about it. Yeah, and uh, injuries for the league. It just feels like this year there's been a ton to start the season.
0: Yes, yeah. I, um, I remember last year we added a spot on the I.L. now because of so many injuries. It just, But this year, we're all kind of feeling it. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't – pretty significant segment piece here dedicated to game of thrones um mike had an idea that basically needed to be done now before game of thrones is off of everyone's minds and we are forced to return to whatever life is without game of thrones not a life i want to live mike
1: no neither do i no one does (laughs)
0: The idea here is to link a Game of Thrones character with a Major League Baseball player, whether past or present, and explain some characteristics of why this player is the said character. Uh, I should also say that Dan had pitched this idea as well, though I thought he was referencing our fantasy managers as the characters, so this had bad news written all over it, considering the implications of saying Jared is Tyrion because he's the shortest, or that I am one of Littlefinger's because I just bend over and take it every week from the rest of you. But I digress. Um, Providing some background here, Mike, I think most of us watch or are interested in this show. Uh, At last count, I think Patrick and Jared don't watch. Keith doesn't watch, but he did just finish the first book. But I believe everyone else is fairly up to date with the show. So, Mike, take it away. Give us your lead in.
1: Okay, so if you don't watch Game of Thrones, uh, you can suck my dinklage. Um, my first character is going to be the one and only Jon Snow. I like to compare him to Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, they only briefly played with their fathers. Uh, he played better in the Northwest than he did in the Red City. Uh, (laughs) both of their favorite actors are Danny Glover. Um, three home run, excuse me? Is that true? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, Three home run derby wins for Griffey, uh, three big battle wins for Jon and hard home battle Winterfell, um, and the Battle of the Bastards. They're both loved by all, going to both be Hall of Famers, and they both love guarding the wall.
0: Oh, I see what you did there.
1: Yep. That's all I have for Jon Snow slash Ken Griffey Jr. Uh,
0: did Jon love guarding the wall?
1: He Does he love anything?
0: No, I, I, it's, I don't want it. That's what he's been saying all season.
1: You're my oh. Yeah, he doesn't want the wall. He doesn't know what he wants.
0: He just wants to probably go back north.
1: He better and pet that damn dog. Oh,
0: please. He's so sad. So I'll take it. I'll go my first character here. Sounds good. I'm going with Cersei. Ooh, I like it. Equals Alex Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> Very nice.
0: I hate him. I hate him both. So this will be fun. Came into the league with high anticipation. Both of them. I remember saying, "Hey, that's King Leonidas' wife," in episode one. E- easy person to hate, both of them. You can't see—can you not see through Arod's smiles? The dude is incapable of having any feelings. Sounds like a robot when he talks, feigning excitement for others. This is essentially Cersei's character. You can just tell she has other stuff in her mind. Uh, never really giving any other characters the love. Um, they both changed positions: um, queen regent to. What, Mother of the King? I think she's changed a few times. A Rod, we know his changing third base to shortstop to third base. Um, they're both three time MVPs. A Rod, two with the Yankees, one with Texas. Cersei wins MVP three different times with her masterful, masterful murders. Um, I'm going to give her credit for Robert Baratheon, um, basically telling her cousin to get him really drunk, gets hurt by the boar, dead, blowing up the sept of Baylor with wildfire and then killing the mother of the Sand Snakes with one of her daughters. That was pretty sad to watch. And now, to finish up here, we're supposed to accept them both now. Um, A-Rod is calling ESPN games and is in our faces more than ever, it seems. We just allowed this to happen with our short memory span. Not me. And then at the end of the last episode, spoiler alert, the writers, with air quotes, have Cersei crying in Jamie's arms that she doesn't want to die, and that she wants her baby to live. I don't care about you. You have done every terrible thing that has been thought of, and we're supposed to now feel sad for you.
1: So that's why I think they're linked. Give us. I like. uh, I would like to believe Jamie and J Lo have a lot in common. (laughs) Uh, My second is going to be Sir Barristan the Bold, uh, and I compared him with the one Julio Franco, uh, both known for being ferocious in their old age. Uh, Franco and Barristan both lost their positions basically due just to old age. Uh, Franco went and played in Korea uh, with and amassed another 400, uh, 442 hits while in uh, North, not North Korea. <laughs> Maybe now. Maybe, hopefully. He could help us all. <laughs> uh, Barrison was 40 years as the uh, Kingsguard, got dismissed, went to the new league, uh, didn't end great for him there, but uh, still walked away with respect, I think, both players. Yeah, he was still the white knight. We liked him
0: still. Barristan was a good character.
1: Yeah, he went down swinging, both of them. <laughs>
0: yeah. Julio Franco, I don't think he ever took a walk, so I think they all swung.
1: I think he's still playing. I like to believe he's a player coach somewhere.
0: I hope he is. I really do. We might have to look him up. Oh, just a follow-up. Could we get away with Jamie Lannister being j I'll allow it. Okay. Thank you. Judges yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> All right, my you so my second one. Yep. I'm going with Rhaegal, the second dragon. Nice. And he is Miguel Anduhar. So Anduhar was second in rookie of the year voting last year, and Rhaegal is the number two dragon to Drogon. And then Rhaegal goes down in the Battle of Winterfell. Did we lose him for the season? Is he gone? Anduhar has a bad injury, but gives us hope by coming off the I.L. There's a scene of Rhaegal gaining his wings and his strength back in the early parts of episode four. And then Anduhar returns, and Adam is so pumped, but his excitement is about to be as short-lived as Rhaegal's presence in episode four. Anduhar is essentially shot down with a scorpion with season-ending shoulder surgery, and I don't know if I should spoil it, but Rhaegal dead. Regal's not coming back. Same as Andohar. Done for the season. I think they're equals.
1: That's the perfect comparison. <laughs> <laughs> now, if they have... just let, just let Andohar's wings heal, and he would have been fine. Yeah, do not rush them. Yeah. It's the writing. That Yankees writing, man.
0: Yeah, the pacing. It's so rushed. Better pacing. And now you have a
1: third? I have, throwaway. yeah, a couple throwaways here. Um, I had Sir Dantos as uh, David Wells, Sir Dantos known as the former knight turned drunk, turned jester. Uh, David Wells, we all know David Wells. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott Boris as Littlefinger. Yeah, that worked. And uh, my man, Harry Strickland, the most overpaid mercenary in Westeros, uh, Bryce Harper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I like to think Bryce Harper would run away from the battle as well. As Harry did.
1: Yeah, both great hair though.
0: Oh, yeah, that. Make sure you take off that helmet, Harry. Yeah,
1: yeah, really strong. 10 seconds of fame.
0: Uh, I have one throw in Dabo Seaworth. uh, He survived three battles and Stannis Baratheon. And then I have, he is Johnny Venters, who survived three Tommy John surgeries and Freddie Gonzalez. So. I don't know who's worse, worse, Freddy Gonzalez or Stannis Baratheon, but either way, they both survived.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're knocking my boy Stannis, and I don't like it. He did take two of his fingers. That's fair. You got me there. It actually was fair. I don't mind him doing that to Davos. Yeah, in comparison to what he did to some other people that crossed him, that was a uh, he got away lately. <laughs> he really did. Um,
0: is that it for Game of Thrones? That's
1: all for my Thrones. Uh, so, Great to be here. Loved uh, loved every minute of Thrones this um, season. Yeah,
0: this is uh, this is a sad day for the Thrones fans. Um, do you do anything special for it tonight?
1: No, I need to be alone with my thoughts. and yeah, sh- like this show. I get that. I feel that. Um,
0: and it requires your attention for everything, so it makes sense. Um, so yeah, before we sign off here, Mike. Um, first off, thanks for coming. Hopefully, yes, sir. Hope you come back. I know we won't have Game of Thrones to talk about, but there's always baseball. And before you leave, can you give me three albums that I need to listen to that maybe I haven't heard yet?
1: Yes. Let me just real quick mm-hmm. throw three waiver wire guys at you. Yes, sorry. That are not, that's all right. They are not uh, currently on rosters right now. I was going to talk about Jordan Alvarez. And Nikki Lopez, um, who took Lopez? up nobody picked Lopez up yet. Okay, uh, he's still available. Shortstop. Uh, he actually is already up. He started May fourteenth was his first start in the majors. Uh, Austin Riley, who Tom just picked up, uh, he's already he's red hot to start the season so far. Um,
0: that is, kept. yeah. I'm sorry, i not to cut you off. Let me no. Let me read to you a trade proposal. I think Riley went yard last night. Yeah. Tom sends me a trade request: Arenado, Acuna, Ryu, Doolittle, Real Muto, and Meadows for Austin Riley. <laughs> <laughs> that and, deserves some airtime. <laughs> yeah.
1: And what'd you say? I, you know, <laughs> I
0: let it sit. I yeah, you
1: got a counter. Got to give a good counter offer there. <laughs> uh, my last two, I had Kevin Biggio. For the Jays, uh, second baseman. He's also he's played five different positions so far in the minors. So if he can get up, he's going to have eligibility all over the place. Wow. Uh, similar to a Marvin Gonzalez. Hopefully better. Oh, it's not very hard. Hmm. Uh, and Casey Mize, a pitcher for Detroit, Double A, threw a no hitter on April twenty ninth. Uh, just somebody to keep an eye on this year.
0: Is he going to get called up this, this year? I don't.
1: I don't know. It's you'd think with Detroit nobody is going to be behind any kind of wall as far as getting to the majors. Yeah. So I'd, I hope so. I'd love to see a, uh, see it pan out for him. Yeah. He's a. I uh, I think he was like the first pick overall
0: one year or two. years. Yeah.
1: Ago. Yep. Uh, so yeah, my albums, let me get a, hmm. get some music to you here. So my three, I have the new logic album, confessions of a dangerous mind. Uh, Couple songs, Homicide, featuring Eminem and Chris D'elia, the comedian. No way, way. Uh, He does a great Eminem impression on the song. Eminem. Finally did that. Yeah, another song, Keanu Reeves, and the third song, Don't Be Afraid to Be Different, featuring Will Smith. The Will. Yes. Uh, Second album. My brother likes that album, so I might have to listen to that. It's very good. Uh, Second album, Anderson Pack, Ventura. One song on that, Come Home, featuring Andre 3000. He's Um, back. Yeah. Oh, he never left. (laughs) Jet Black featuring Brandy. No, wait. (laughs) Let me repeat that. Featuring Brandy.
0: The girl or the boy is mine, Brandy.
1: Yep. And Make It Better featuring Smokey Robinson. That. Okay. I'll be listening to that one. Third album, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. This was a recommendation by Mr. Honey Nut Berrios. <laughs> uh, songs on there that I like. The, the whole album is very good. But Hold You Now, Bambina, and 2021. Uh, and just one more song people need to listen to if they haven't heard is Earth by Lil Dicky. And literally everybody is in that song. Lil Dicky. That's right. Okay.
0: Yeah, Vampire Weekend I will check out. Because uh, I did like their first album, but then they kind of lost me. But I'll try.
1: Yeah, this one, I'm, I'm with you on that. I wasn't crazy about them the past few years, but this one's pretty good.
0: Well, that's exciting. All right. Hopefully everyone else will listen to these albums. Um, well, thanks, Mike. This was a lot of fun. And... Yeah, it was great.
1: Great to be here. Great crowd.
0: <laughs> great crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they suck, I know.
1: Um,
0: all right. Well, we'll talk to you. We'll see you on the flip side.
1: Yeah, so Dan, good luck the rest of the day. Uh Lou, I'm coming for that ass. Oh, you're playing him next week. That's right. Mm. Let him clash it. of the clash of the titans.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah, it'll be top of the standings. So, yeah, good luck, Mike. All yeah. right, good luck everybody the
1: rest of the year. All right.
0: So fun fact, that segment you just heard with Mike was recorded on Sunday afternoon prior to the season finale of Game of Thrones, and then it's been my job to get my shit together and record these segments. It's proven difficult. I'm doing it now at the expense of my son. But let's get right into the agenda. I only have a couple more things to talk about here. I have a what is worse question. I see Jared had changed his name to five and two thirds. Oh, when I was going over the names before, did he change it back to Adley Duckling's? Let's leave that up for debate. I don't know, um, but he was five and two thirds, which was great. Um, but I want to have a, I have a question here. What's worse, having a pitcher getting pulled after five and two thirds innings when he's lined up for the quality start? Should he get one third of an inning, uh, one more out to get him to that six inning mark, or having a pitcher go six and a third and gives up a fourth run in the seventh? So this just happened to me with Bumgarner. Um, I went to bed thinking he was going to get a quality start. I wake up, he went six and a third, gave up four. Lost the quality start, and I think my argument here is that the six and a third or at least like seven innings, whatever, giving up the four runs is worse than the five and two thirds as long as, let's set the variables here. If you go five and two thirds and say you give up two earned runs, three earned runs or fewer, you're lined up for that quality start, but then compare it to a six and a third inning, but you give up four earned runs. Either way, you're not getting that quality start, it seems, or, you know, as a fact. But my where it hurts you more is if you get that four own run runs, you're going to end up having a hit to your ERA that you didn't get with that five and two thirds um, with lower runs given up. Just a thought, just a question I had that was sparked by Jared changing his name and then me having to deal with the six and the third. I think that's worse. Um, but let's get right into housekeeping here. Last thing. We owe a congratulations to Patrick Demers, our newest member. Just, well, his wife just gave birth to his third child. Third. His name? William Michael Demers. WMD. Lining him up as a weapon of mass destruction. So everyone watch out for his third child, William Michael Demers. We'll probably invite him into the league soon. That seems to be the new thing to do. Congratulations, Patrick. Patrick. And hopefully next week or two weeks from now, whenever we can get this going again, maybe we can get another guest pod, maybe we can get Stormy Daniel back on here. Until then, good luck the rest of the week.